Well, welcome back to another Wednesday night Bible study. Welcome back to all of you. If you haven't been with us in the past, over the last few lessons, we are talking about friendship, specifically about being better friends, but also the the struggles and the blessings of friendship and how being a follower of Jesus, how the gospel helps us to be better friends. And Kevin and I are getting the opportunity to develop our friendship and uh, explore uh, <laughs> our own personalities. Eyes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, before your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're really glad that you're with us tonight, and we're really glad to continue this series on friendship. If you haven't uh, seen or listened to the other lessons, you're welcome to find them on our website or on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go back and, and listen to some of those, because I'm sure that as we go, some of these things will develop, you know, and will add to what we've already said. So Hopefully, if you've been with us in the past, you can see how the, the ideas are continuing to develop. And if you haven't been with us in the past, maybe you can go back and, and view some of that. Yeah, the goal of each lesson is to be standalone yeah. and to, to have some usefulness all by itself. Uh, but yeah, at some point, this is going to be a little bit referential when you say, well, remember when we talked about this or that. Yeah. But um, hopefully you will find that watching any one of these lessons could be useful on its own. Absolutely, absolutely. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, sharing ourself, sharing yourself and what that means and what that looks like. But one of the ways that we've been doing these lessons is we've been talking about them, anchoring them in uh, the friendships of Paul. And so the way we usually start is by exploring one of Paul's relationships or friendships and then sort of using that as a launch pad to, to talk about some other things. And we want to talk tonight about one of Paul's friends named Epaphras. Now, we really don't know a lot about Epaphras, which is good for me because that means I have to do very little talking tonight, and then I get to throw it over to Kevin. Uh, but, but Epaphras probably, we think, probably met Paul in Ephesus when Paul was working in Ephesus. He was from Colossae, and so he, he came up probably and was in Ephesus and heard the gospel from Paul, probably became a Christian there, and then went back to Colossae and uh, began to share the gospel there, and probably founded or started that church community in Colossae, um, and, and then probably was sent by that church at Colossae to uh, Rome to minister to Paul there on behalf of the church in Rome. We'll talk about that in just a second. And our text is Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. So Colossians is the only book uh, that references Epaphras. And of course, that's because Epaphras was from Colossae, and he is with Paul in Rome as Paul is writing this letter from Rome back to Colossae, and probably Epaphras is a prisoner with Paul in Rome. But it says in Colossians 1 and verse 3, as Paul writes to the church at Colossae and says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it does among you since the day you heard, heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, so again, uh, Epaphras 
not Paul. Paul's not the one who started the church in Colossae. Epaphras is the one who taught them the gospel. He says, just as you learned it, the gospel from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. It's really interesting. I kind of went down a a rabbit hole with this just a little bit. Some manuscripts say on your behalf and others say on our behalf. And so some of the scholars differ on, well, does Paul mean that Epaphras ministered to the church at Colossae on Paul's behalf, as in Paul taught him the gospel and then he took the gospel to Colossae and on behalf of Paul, he ministered to the Christians there? Or does he mean on your behalf, as in the church at Colossae sent Epaphras to Paul in Rome and that he's ministering to Paul on behalf of the Christians there. Um, but, but either way, it, it still shows the kind of person that Epaphras is. Epaphras is the kind of person that is working on other people's behalf, that he is so trusted by the people that sent him, whether it's Paul who sent him to Colossae or whether it's the Colossians who sent him to Rome, Epaphras is the kind of person that represents those who sent him, that he knows them so well and is so trusted by them that for him to be with someone else is almost like that person themselves being there. So it's almost like the Colossians are there ministering to Paul because Epaphras is there on their behalf. He knows them so well and loves them so much and represents them so so much that for him to be with Paul is almost like the church at Colossae being with Paul themselves. So he's doing these things on their behalf. You know, and as I was reading this and thinking about the idea of sharing ourselves with others, I I was thinking, you know, is there anyone who knows me so well that I could trust that if they're there, if they are somewhere on my behalf, that it's almost like I'm there, that they could represent me. They know my thoughts so well and they know my intention so well that they could almost stand in for me because we are so connected in our spirit. Um, and Epaphras seems to be that kind of a person that he knows Either he knows Paul and the gospel so well that to be in in Colossae is almost like Paul being there, but the other way is true as well, that for him to be in in Rome is almost like the Colossians being there themselves. Uh, Then we keep going in chapter 4. He mentions Epaphras again in verse 12. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. So he's writing back to the Colossians saying, Epaphras sends his greetings. He says, he is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Aeropolis. And what I love about this passage is that that word struggling in Greek, it's agonizomai which is where we get the word agonizing, agonizomai. Okay. So it's, it's the word that we get agonizing from. And so Epaphras is agonizing. He is struggling. He is wrestling in his prayers on their behalf. 
He loves them so much that he has taken their struggles and their burdens and he's taking them to God and he's struggling in prayer on their behalf. And then it says, for I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea, Laodicea and Aeropolis. So these other churches are probably financially supporting Epaphras to come there and work and minister to Paul and to work with Paul and they're sponsoring him and helping him and it says that he's working for you. Again, same idea as before, that he's working on their behalf. And it just, to me, is a big reminder that the intention of the gospel, the intention of the church community, is that we become so connected and and live so intentionally with the same sorts of motivations that for one of us to be somewhere is almost like for all of us to be somewhere. Uh, but that's also true and can be true, I think, to some degree on a personal level that Paul has not just a professional relationship with these people. And Epaphras doesn't just have a professional relationship with these people. They are his friends. He struggles on their behalf in prayer. You know, I think about as someone who is financially supported by a church family like Epaphras was, um, you know, these people here in this church family aren't just my co-workers, although they are my co-workers. I'm not just their preacher, although I am their preacher. They are my friends. They are my family. I love them. And and, and I feel their love for me. And, And I think that we have to be very intentional about building those relationships. And I think that's why this class is so important that we, we dig down and we allow ourselves to have these deeper kind of relationships where we could, if need be, represent one another or really struggle in prayer for one another because we know each other. But that's humbling to me because I wonder, does anybody know me that well? Does anybody know me well enough? Have I shared myself and opened myself up enough with people so that they, they, they could represent me? They know my struggles. They know in what ways they need to be praying for me. They, they could represent my ideas and my perspective because they know me that well. So I'm not sure if that's the direction we're going exactly, but I really have always been, even though we have little bits and pieces about Epaphras, I've always uh, loved the fact that he struggled on their behalf in prayer and worked on their behalf. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful thought, um, is that he knew them so well that he could struggle and labor on their behalf even when he's not with them. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of legwork that comes with getting to that point with somebody, right? And, you know, what we've already talked about through these lessons, whether it was talking about carrying each other's burdens, you know, we gave some practical instructions there on how to help your burdens be carried and how Mm -hmm. to learn about what burdens um, that they may have. And, you know, last week we talked about starting conversations since kind of beginning this relationship. And, you know, this is really that next thing that will tend to come up because we've put a big focus on how to get to know somebody else, right? But this is really about how to let somebody else know you. Yeah. And like I talked about, at the very beginning, 
that that's something that I really struggle with because I have this worry inside of me that the more somebody knows me, the less they'll like me, right? Or if they know this or that about me, then how could they accept me for who I am, right? And kind of given that that fear is there, it's really important that we find a way to push past that and think about, well, I've put a lot of effort into these relationships and maybe they're not putting that similar effort back toward us and that can be troublesome on its own. Mm -hmm. But think about, well, am I also giving myself really or am I just doing nice things for them and saying that counts as sharing of mm -hmm. myself? Do you, I, I guess, can you see easily the difference between asking somebody about what their life is and only focusing on them the whole time and um, sharing of yourself in that time? Yeah, and I, it's, it's interesting because last time we really dove into that idea of asking sort of probing questions in order to really get to know people. But if we're not careful, I could see how that could become a defense mechanism yeah. where we're almost keeping the conversation on them yeah. so that it never gets personal with me. And it's really <laughs> easy to kind of keep people at arm's length that way yeah. um, so that they never dig into our life and get to know our vulnerabilities. Exactly, exactly. And that is the exact thing that I deal with all the time. Mm. Um, it, and when I say deal with it, it's not like it's a special burden that only I carry. It's just whenever I feel most comfortable is really when other people are getting supported by me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, today's lesson is really about, well, how do I get supported uh, whenever it's kind of scary to start bringing that up? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's good to be mindful of what we've already talked about here. And so, yeah, in some ways, this lesson is one that's going to ask of you that you go back and listen and you go back and see, but hopefully even by itself we'll be able to provide some good insights into how to do this. Um, but kind of be mindful of what you've tried already mm -hmm. and how you've approached them and think, well, do you think there's a chance that they actually want to know me? Mm. Right. And like we talked about kind of differences in personalities and there's a good chance that these other people in your life don't know how to ask you the sort of questions they need to, to get to know you. And part of that may be that you are really practiced or really good at kind of disguising in yourself these, um, uh, these vulnerabilities, as you mentioned, or things you may be worried about or struggles you have. And it may be that you've grown accustomed to thinking you need to deal with these things on your own. Right, and sometimes that isn't how it goes in our minds though, because we think, well, if they don't know this about me, then they must not really care mm. about who I am. Yeah. Because right? if they cared, they would ask. As if they were mind readers or, yeah. 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 yeah, and so it's kind of like, well, what expectations can you reasonably have yeah. for somebody else? Right, and a lot of times what we expect other people to do is what we try to do Right, but we know our intentions and we don't know theirs. That's a great point. Right, and so we know we're trying to get to know them whenever we're asking them questions and when we're trying to check up. And we don't know for sure if they're receiving it like that. Mm -hmm. right? They might be kind of hearing you talk to them and just think, man, this guy's really concerned about my hobbies or something like that, which is almost direct advice we've given in previous lessons, right? But 
you know, whenever we are doing that, like be mindful, they might not be receiving your interest in them in the way that you might hope for. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we give ourselves bonus points for good intentions, even yeah. when we don't have the follow through. But on the other hand, you know, we don't know, we, we tend to dismiss other people's intentions and say, and just assume, we, we tend to assume the very worst intentions yeah. when we really should assume the very best intentions. But again, they don't know our intentions either. And yeah. so all of those things can potentially cause some miscommunication or some misunderstanding in potential relationships. Right. And so it's like, maybe the best way to solve this problem is to begin sharing your intentions. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know this could come off kind of weird if you're, for example, a single guy talking to a single girl or something. Like, here's my intentions. Right? It's <laughs> yeah. not, maybe not the smoothest thing to do. But, you know, whenever you're talking with a friend, somebody you intend to be your friend, and you say, you know, this is what I want to do for you. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to support you. I want to care about you. And I'm doing this on my own already, mm-hmm. right? It's like whenever we're not together, I'm praying for you and I'm thinking about your struggles and, and the things that I know about you that may be public or might be from our private conversations. Mm-hmm. But I'm also thinking about what I can do for you, right? And so you're beginning by saying like, well, I don't know what your intentions are for our friendship, mm-hmm. but I'm going to let my intentions be known. Yeah. Right. And that's a, that's a scary thing. It's a scary thing to put those out there because you don't know if they'll be reciprocated. You don't know if they feel the same way. And so if you say to somebody, hey, Kevin, you seem like a really cool guy and I would really like to have a good friendship. I, I would really like for us to get to the point where we can pray for each other, we can hold each other accountable, we can encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And if I put myself out there, then you might be thinking, Man, I wish this guy would jump in a lake. You know, you, you, you might not feel the same way. And so I, it's scary to reveal those things to somebody. Yeah. But at the same time, if they're honest and they tell you, you know what, I just don't have time for another relationship, then at least you know and you're not barking up the wrong tree, so to speak. And yeah. so it really, it really would help us most of the time to reveal those things. I, I always think about this time when I was a kid, uh, a neighbor kid came over to my house. I had just moved into the neighborhood. He rode up on his bicycle. I was working with my dad in the garage and he rides up on his bicycle and he says, I'm Josh, you wanna be friends? <laughs> I was like, wow, that's just like, nice. just lay it on the table. And, and we really did, we became friends right from that point on. And you know, it just, I've often thought about that. Why aren't we that honest with people? Just, hey, you, yeah. you want to be friends? I would like for us to go to lunch sometime, you know, or whatever, and, yeah. and just reveal our intentions to people. Well, and that's very interesting and a good example of it revealing that intention. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to be your friend, Wes. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, like sometimes that could be a moment you experience rejection, right? Mm-hmm. That, that could happen. I think it's somewhat unlikely that you would. And, right. And maybe part of that's that we're in the South and we're supposed to be polite to each other. Um, but, <laughs> and so most people will try to protect your feelings one way or another. Um, and maybe that's a different sort of problem. But yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever you put that intention out there, that should be a pretty warm experience mm-hmm. that they have where it's like, man, this person cares about me and this mm-hmm. person wants to wants to support me, wants to know more about Mm -hmm. me. And that can feel like a really comforting thing. That could also be the sort of thing that 
brings out panic in them, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, oh, no, I don't want any to know me. Mm-hmm. I can tell you maybe six months ago or a year ago or something like that, if somebody says this to me, I'm like, uh, no, it's all right. Like, sure. you can, you take, we can talk at church. This is what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> so it's like I'm, they might have experienced that kind of rejection from me, but it had to do with where I was yeah. in, in kind yeah. of my life and what I was prepared to do in terms of uh, reciprocal friendship and things mm-hmm. like that. But if you do experience that rejection, be mindful. It's likely more about them and who they are mm-hmm. than about you and who you are. Yeah. Right. And so, and that'll be useful for next week's lesson anyway. But whenever you are trying and you put that intention out there and you say like, this is kind of how my, spirit wants to work with your spirit mm-hmm. right that, which is maybe a very tender way of looking at it but whenever we are making those spiritual kind of intentions clear um, be ready for any kind of reaction but know that just that thing by itself is valuable and it's good mm-hmm. right to be like um, I just want you to know I am praying for you and I can pray with you right now if you'd like but I am praying for you because you are important to me. Your soul is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I am aware of some struggles and would like to know more, perhaps. And so even that, which is almost like a next step in to sharing yourself, is like sharing your intentions and sharing your expectations mm-hmm. for yourself in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> something that can be really disappointing in our relationships is when somebody else doesn't live up to our expectations Mm -hmm. and be mindful. And kind of like we talked about earlier, it's like, well, maybe they don't reciprocate in quite the way we would expect. Maybe they're not acting toward us the way we would hope they would. A lot of times that's coming up because we expect them to demonstrate our best intentions um, for that. We're trying Mm -hmm. to put out to them kind of back to us. Like we want them to prove that they have the same kind of intentions mm-hmm. um, on themselves as they do um, for <laughs> as they do for uh, all of their relationships and all the ones that seem most important to us. Because mm-hmm. we can look at most people's lives and be like, well, these are their closest friends. And as we're trying to enter into this relationship, it's like, well, I kind of want to be one of their close friends. And like, maybe I'm not the closest, but I'd like to, mm-hmm. sh- I'd like to see some kind of similar effort. Mm-hmm. And then when we don't receive that, then we just, our hopes are dashed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be cared for or loved as much as these most important people in their lives, mm-hmm. which of course is kind of ridiculous to think about anyway. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're, entering into these kinds of relationships, be mindful that it is a slow process, right? When you begin to share of yourself, it won't be realized, and it, it realizes and it won't be completed or resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be realized fully for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And you won't reach that place of comfort right away, right? Like where Paul is talking about, like you can represent me somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. can you really speak on your friend's behalf? Yeah. Right. Cause it, I know I've known many times in my life where somebody says, well, Kevin thinks this or Kevin thinks that I'm like, wait a second. That's not right. <laughs> right. So I don't think that at all. And so it's, it is almost like that where it's yeah. like, well, when somebody can say, well, this is actually what Kevin thinks about this or that, and that you would trust their representation of mm-hmm. you that you can almost put out as a measuring stick 
for when they actually know you well enough to that you're done doing this for now. Right. And it does. It takes a while to get to that point. And I think that we, we live in a culture, and I think that this speaks to the fact that we live in a culture that is instant gratification. We want things to be instant, but that's why... That's why it's so good when you get to that point is because it took so much effort and so much vulnerability mm -hmm. to get to that point. And, and that's the reason probably why most of us never get to that point in friendships is because we're not willing sometimes to put in the time and the vulnerability because the thing about vulnerability is when you put yourself out there and you, you do try to enter into a relationship, there's going to be sometimes where it just doesn't work out for one reason or another. Maybe they don't have the bandwidth for another friendship. They just don't have the time and energy to invest on the same level that you would like to invest. Yeah. And so maybe it's not going to happen with that person, but you are going to find these types of people and these types of friendships eventually, but it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take getting your feelings hurt sometimes yeah. in order to get to the point where this becomes the reality. Right. Well, and even where you may have chosen a few specific people to approach like this, and then you kind of learn through their actions or through their words that they don't have that capability or time to mm -hmm. give to you right now, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't develop a relationship with that person anyway. Right. Right. And whenever it's clear, and maybe if they're saying like, nah, I don't really have time for this right now, that might not be the right kind of person for you, sure, for you sure. to exactly. try to go yeah. deeper with. But if they're saying like, you know, I'd really love to try, but right now I, I have just too, so much going on. Yeah. I don't necessarily have time yeah. to put into investing in this relationship. Right, but you can still be warm and supportive mm -hmm. and share small things about mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like you want to manage your expectations properly um, so that way you can act in a correct way or in a kind way mm -hmm. in this relationship. You know, it occurs to me, whenever we are wanting to present ourselves, for example, like on a resume or on a dating profile or something like that, um, the world encourages us to lie mm -hmm. or to put out embellishment mm -hmm. about ourself right and that's actually a really interesting thing to discuss because sometimes beginning these relationships we're tempted to posture a little bit and be like mm -hmm. oh well you know i'm you know, it's like we're at church so it's like i'm a really strong christian mm -hmm. and i'm really dedicated to the church mm -hmm. and then if they get to know us a little bit more they might just learn like well no they kind of just come every now and then mm -hmm. and their life at home is not at all reflective of the life they mm -hmm. claim to have at church mm -hmm. right or you may find that this person like, has these other interests and other things that make them special and interesting and precious in their own way mm -hmm. that they're not sharing whenever they diminish themselves and say, well, all mm -hmm. I really am is a, is a Christian. Mm -hmm. it's like, being just a Christian would be a wonderful thing, but that's not true about any of mm -hmm. us, really. Like, mm -hmm. We all have other roles and other things in our life that we're taking part in. Sure. And so whenever we are tempted initially to, to posture or to lie or to embellish, then that's a really important time to be mindful of what purpose we're coming into this relationship with. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I looking for maybe another relationship that provides shallow greetings for the shallowness I have shared with them? Mm -hmm. Or am I looking for a way to grow deeper mm -hmm. in this relationship and to, to you know, reap great benefits 
It occurs to me that this is a, the kind of relationship that would bear a harvest, right? Whenever we do share of ourselves, and whenever we do develop this deep and personal relationship with these other people, like, they, that is one where your investment is paid back yeah. in multiples, right? And you have given much of yourself to them. And that is a, that's a wonderful thing. But whenever you invest very little and you don't water and you don't cultivate mm-hmm. and you don't take care of any of the investment that you've made, then you will bear shallow results yeah. for that. So be mindful. Like When you're getting into this relationship, what do you hope for? Right? And it's like, even if you've already shared your intention, like, you know, I want to be friends. Like, am I demonstrating that to them through my actions? Mm-hmm. Am I allowing them to know me just as well as that I'm trying to get to know them? Mm-hmm. And be mindful that the reciprocal nature of these relationships is a, perhaps the most important part about developing a strong and lasting relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we we have to be careful that, and I think that what we're saying too, is that we want to be a blessing to people rather than a burden. And I think that sometimes we may misunderstand what sharing yourself is all about. And we just unload all of the burdens that we're carrying on somebody else. I think that there's kind of two different people, you know, one type of person holds back all of their burdens and says, I don't want people to know that I've got all this mess in my life that needs to be dealt with and with which I need help. But there's also the kind of people that just sort of unload everything, you know, just how you doing? And then just, they just lay it all on the table. (laughs) And neither of those are a good way to develop a friendship because if you just unload on people, they're going to say, well, I don't have time for my own stuff. There's no way I'm going to take your, your stuff as well. You know? And so that, that, yeah. that may scare people off. But I think being real and being authentic about who you are and what you like and what your intentions are and, and even some of your struggles and burdens, not to unload them on somebody, but just to share, this is where I am and this is what I've got going on in my life is helpful. Right. Well, and some people can't help but unload. Sure, right? sure. That's their personality, right? right? And, and part of this is to be mindful about what roles you have in your relationships. Yeah. Right? It's like, is, is it merely one-sided? It's like, is it basically me the whole time just sharing what's going on for me? I'm not asking about them. Yeah. Right? If that is your case, then this might not be the lesson for you. Like, yeah. this might not yeah. be directed at you because sure. you're already doing a pretty good job <laughs> right. at sharing yourself. Right? right? Like, they know what's going on. They know how they can be helpful yeah. or hopefully they know how they can be helpful. Yeah. Um, but they definitely know that you trust them. Yeah. This is one for people that don't do that easily. Right, right. Right. And so if you don't do this easily, then yeah, it, find a way to come out of yourself and mm-hmm. find a way to, um, it, to take those risks. Yeah. Right. And whenever you experience somebody that it tends to dump a lot, it may feel like there's no room for you there. Um, knowing some people that try to unload their feelings all the time, a lot of times those people really like to hear that somebody else is struggling too. Yeah, yeah. Right, that can be a validating experience for them, but it can also allow them time to focus on something else, which can be really healthy Mm -hmm. for their experience. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they get stuck in their own head and just almost like this spiral where it's a, a circular thing where they're just 
only thinking about this horrible stuff that's going on in their life, the many struggles and anxieties they have, but coming out and saying, well, you know, this is something that I've kind of been dealing with, can provide them that avenue to think about something else. It can also bounce right off of them, right? It can also be something that's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I'm only thinking about me right now. Yeah. And if that's the case, then maybe that's not the right kind of person yeah. to invest deeply in for yourself right now. Right. But you can still be kind and warm and loving to them. Yeah. You can minister to them. And I think sometimes we have to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. that you know, and you and I are both in, in helping professions yeah. where there are some people that I don't have a reciprocal relationship with, and right. I'm okay with that. There's yeah. some people that I have a relationship with them, and I minister to them, but I don't expect them to minister to me. We yeah. might get to that point someday, and I hope that we can. I have a lot of people in my life that do minister to me that I can share myself with, but there are some people that they have so much going on in their life, I wouldn't dare ask them, yeah. well, hey, now, now I need to tell you about my problems, you know, and I need you to minister <laughs> to me. You know, so I think sometimes as everyday Christians, we, whether we're in a helping profession or not, we have to be okay with the fact that not every relationship is going to be this type of friendship. Some relationships are just mm-hmm. going to be, as you said, one-sided, where we're just ministering to them and we never, they really can't handle ministering to us and sometimes that's okay. Right. Well, and then being mindful of your reciprocal relationships and by reciprocal, we mean giving as well as receiving. Right. Um, In these reciprocal relationships, you're not always going to be equal. Like it's not always going to be like, well, you know, we, we do things at the same time. I'm sharing Mm. and they're sharing at the same time. Sometimes you'll need to be the strong one. Sometimes it's good for you to be the weak one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an excellent way to consider our relationship as Christians is that we compensate for each other. Right. Instead of always compensating for ourselves. Yes. Right. And so it's like we're not the wellspring of our well-being. Mm-hmm. Like it, other people are meant to help us do that. Mm-hmm. And so instead of compensating for ourselves, allow other people to compensate for us. Yeah. And so like it's not always going to be equal, but we are going to have some relationships that we don't expect anything out of. It, and maybe our children are a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like that is designed to be a one-way experiment for, you know, 20 years or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, and who's to say how long? But certainly at some point you would hope that your kids give back to you, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of why it's important to honor our father and mother mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, as they age, our kids are watching us mm-hmm. and how we treat them. And so they will likely treat us somewhat similarly. Yeah. And so if we are treating our parents really well as they age, then we have that hope that our kids will also mm-hmm. know to treat us well mm-hmm. as we age. But, you know, that's designed to be one way for mm-hmm. much of this kid's early life. Mm-hmm. And it does not to say that you don't get anything out of being a parent. You do. I get, they're sweet. They are lovely. They do nice things. You get to watch them grow. And so you can be proud of who they are, but you don't expect them to provide the emotional support that you need mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it's the other way around. Now, even in adult relationships, you may find that you're always needing to be the strong one or always needing to be the, the shoulder to cry on. Mm-hmm. And if that's the kind of relationship, you know, it's okay, like we talked about earlier, to let your intentions be known. Like, I would like this to be good for both of us, and mm-hmm. not just not just something for that. And 
they may receive that really well, mm-hmm. right? If they're a good kind of friend, then they may say, it's like, you know, I'd love to hear about what's going on for you. And you guys can both kind of go into that, be mindful that it will be a process learning to support as well as being supported. Mm-hmm. And so like not putting all of your eggs in that basket can be really important. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, having these other relationships that you depend on for support is vital mm-hmm. for continuing to be in these one-sided relationships. Right. And, you know, if somebody does come up to you and say they want to be your friend and want to make a deeper connection with you, and it's difficult for you to see how you would have time for that, I would encourage you to not flat out reject them. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Be mindful that maybe you're the first person they've done this with. Mm -hmm. And if you, if they have a difficult time, then they might not try again. Mm -hmm. Right. And so being gentle is important, but yeah, giving a realistic picture of what you have the ability to do right now is good. Yeah. Well, and even, and this isn't something we've explored a whole lot yet, but even bringing those types of people into another friendship that you have. I think we, we tend to talk about all of this as if it's one-on-one, yeah. uh, but I brought up C.S. Lewis's Four Loves last time and his chapter on friendship. And, and the way that he talks about it is that friends bring out something. If we had a third person at the table, well, first their back would be the camera, so that wouldn't be good. But if we had a third person <laughs> at the table, they would bring out things in you yeah. that I never bring out. So I get to see a dimension of Kevin that I never saw before because this person brings that out in you. And and the same with me. And so the another person at the table doesn't diminish this friendship. In fact, it makes it better. And so I think that sometimes we, we tend to look at friendships and we say, well, I just don't have time for another one-on-one friendship. There's there's nothing to be said that says it has to be a one-on-one yeah, friendship. They can yeah. be brought into and grafted into a friendship that already exists. And so I think, but like you said, being honest with people about, hey, this is this is what I have time. This is, you know, here are some of my struggles. You know, hey, yeah. I'm, I got I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I love you. And yes, I would love to develop a better friendship. How about if we have lunch with Kevin, you know, or whatever the case may be, and and explore. What's the next step in that friendship? Right, right. Well, and it can be really difficult, I think, to come out and say, it's like, I'm in need of friendship Mm -hmm. or I'm in need of a deeper relationship with somebody. And, you know, a lot of times the way I think about it is kind of like before you do something kind of scary, like for some people, um, like driving in a car even is just kind of scary or something like that. But whenever you're about to... enter into a specific task, you get yourself ready. Mm. You prepare yourself for Mm it. And so it's almost like you feel this anxiety in yourself as you're getting ready to do this. And I'd encourage you to to, to give yourself a moment and to allow these feelings to exist in you. Take a deep breath. And I always picture myself um, or think about myself like I could close my eyes and then open them like, okay, it's good. It's time to go. I'm going to do this. And so it's like, know that this is hard mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be hard, mm-hmm. right? And it's important and it's good to be brave, yeah. right? To, to take these risks um, because the risks that we can, the, the risk we take um, is worth it. 
that the benefits that are possible to gain in friendship is worth this anxiety, is mm-hmm. worth the risk, it is worth the potential and pain. Yeah. And it, be brave and try. Yeah. Yeah, that's such good advice. And, and like you said, the, the benefits of it. And when I think about what we've been sharing and when I think about Epaphras, one of the things that I come to, comes to my mind is, do we have someone in our life that's agonizing, struggling in prayer on our behalf? And what if, what if your spiritual growth What if your relationship with God, what if your life was dependent on people praying for you, people struggling on your behalf in prayer? And if that's the case, Paul believed that his ministry was dependent on people praying for him. He believed that the lives of the Christians at Colossae were dependent on people praying on their behalf, struggling on their behalf in prayer. And then if that's true, there's a lot of us that really haven't opened up enough with each other that we have people praying on our behalf. But what if? What if we developed friendships that were so strong and so real that we shared ourselves with each other so that we know that even when we're not around, there are people struggling on our behalf in prayer? The benefits of that can't be understated. Absolutely. And and I think the beauty there is that when you are struggling as hard as you can to support yourself or to take care of the things that need to be taken care of, that there would be somebody else yeah. like struggling just as much for you. Yeah. And it, yeah, that is a, a significant benefit and a significant possibility that can come out of the, the chances you take on building friendships. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've really enjoyed this, Kevin. Let's, let's speaking of prayer, let's spend a minute in prayer. Sure. Father, we, we thank you for this opportunity to uh, discuss uh, both the relationships that existed uh, between Paul and his friends and the relationships that we have. And Father, help us to develop better friendships, to share ourselves with each other, to be brave and courageous, to risk being hurt uh, for the potential and the possibility of having friends that know us so well that they could speak on our behalf, that they could pray on our behalf. And Father, we lift up to you all those tonight that are struggling with their health, with their grief, with their sorrows, with their finances, uh, with things that are going on in their life, especially in the current crisis. But beyond that, Father, we, we pray for them and we pray that you help us to be a blessing and light to each other and encouragement to each other and to our neighbors. Father, thank you for Jesus, for loving us and forgiving us in him so that we can love and bless others. Father, thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.